This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Uh, they got a they got a tremendous team. They're really deep. Um, they're obviously the, the team. Them and Dallas are the teams we're chasing in our conference right now, and um, it's it's going to take our best. Uh, they play a complete game. They're very lethal. I mean, they they get their D's up. I mean, they got obviously a couple a couple great players up front that can put the puck in the net. So it's going to take a full team effort and um, nothing that we're not prepared for though. And you know, we got all the confidence in the world in here. We play the right way. You know, we're we're among those top teams in the league. Kyle Connor. Winnipeg Jets goal scorer. We've got 15 there, Jim. Goal scorer. I like that. Call he's, him. He's, sounds, it sounds he's more, one of their goal scorers. He's a gunner. He's a gunner. It's like I can say sniper, but let's just say goal He's scorer. a sniper. He's one of the snipers in the unit. He puts things into perspective. It's like uh, Jackson in Saving Private Ryan. Is that his name? I was going to ask you. Pepper was his Barry name. Pepper. The Barry Pepper. He's Canadian. It's from Seashelt, BC, which is where I... Spent some of my uh, formative years really? when I was young. My younger brother was born on the Sunshine Coast in BC. Wow. Yeah. He's done well for himself. People don't know, or maybe they do know, he, but he's been in a lot of stuff. He's in that great movie that was directed by Billy Crystal. Roger, 51. 51. About Roger Maris. Roger Maris and uh, Mickey Mantle. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Mickey had a few. Anybody who anybody likes baseball should watch that movie. That's a really good that movie. That is a really good movie, actually. I was pretty impressed with it. Um, yeah. And uh, Roger Maris, Hall of Fame in uh, Grand Forks. No, Fargo, North Dakota in the mall. He's uh, this area famous. A little just across It's funny the how things tie around. Like, it's the Kevin Bacon thing, right? <laughs> Everything comes Saving back Private around. Ryan comes to North Dakota, comes back to us. Yeah. Well. He cool. was great in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, he's cool as all, you know. What was that as a lead through the shop? Yeah, he's just saying, like, Bible quotes as he's... Yeah. And then he sees the cannon coming, and he's like, well... That's all she wrote. It's been a good run. (laughs) Uh, The Winnipeg Jets, they're going to be in Colorado tomorrow. They're going to be on their way over there. Pre-game gets going at 6. Puck drop at 8. Uh, where's practice today? We'll hear some more from Kyle Connors. The show goes on. Maybe we'll hear from Dylan DeMello if I can squeeze that clip in as well. Uh, Connor Shifley, Ehlers uh, on the top line, followed by Perfetti, Velarde, and Iofalo. Uh, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Appleton, uh, followed by uh, Morgan Barron, David Gustafson, and Axel Janssen, Fialbi. Uh, Morrissey DeMello uh, paired up uh, Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk, uh, Dylan Sandberg, Stanley, Chisholm with Schmidt. Are the Jets going to go back to 11 and 7? They said earlier, then they went to it. Um, so not really sure what's going to happen there. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to wait and see for the for the lineup tomorrow, uh, what the Winnipeg Jets and what the coaching staff are thinking in, in, in respect to there. They're going to want to keep Chisholm in the lineup. Are they going to keep Stanley in there? We'll find out uh, tomorrow. Um, as well, Hainola was skating yesterday. Ville Hainola uh, still a ways away. That according to head coach Rick Bonus. Uh uh, he's on, still on track for his two to three month timeline at this point. Uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov was not uh, necessarily ruled out tomorrow. Uh, he's going to be going on the road trip, but he was not out there skating uh, today. So, to get into all that as we go throughout the rest of the show, we'll take a look at the National Hockey League. We'll go around the league, which we like to do on Wednesdays, um, as well as uh, Barry versus Barry in uh, Nashville. We'll talk about that uh, when we come back. We join, we're joined now by Winnipeg Jets host of the Ground Control Podcast, Jamie Thomas, joining us now. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? Yeah, you know, you know what other movie Kevin Bacon was really good in? Don't say it. What? He was really good in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Holiday special. 
Yeah. I never saw that. There's no holidays in the galaxy. It's just all space. Whatever. What about Tremors? Now that's a that's a good movie. Uh, that's like what my wife loves Tremors, and I've watched it a couple of times. I'm like, I don't even know where you're going with here. I've Maybe. never seen it. <laughs> we were talking. We were talking about Barry Pepper. Mess. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, we're talking about Barry Pepper though. He was also in the Green Mile. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh, like he just in so many. Outstanding. Outstanding. Oh, that's movie. a great movie. Underrated but, Canadian talent. He's been in a number of big films. Yeah. I know. Blessed be the, the Lord's Lord. strength which teaches my hands to war yeah. and my fingers to fight. Bam. Great great quote. I'm emotional just hearing it. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah, you can, you can hear the emotion in your voice. <laughs> do, you, do, you need, do you need a minute? I don't know. I don't know if it's it's, it's so much emotion. Pull, I'm gonna pull over, guys. Hold on. I don't know if it's so much emotion as boredom. <laughs> oh, uh, Jamie got a road trip coming up here for the Winnipeg Jets. They're gonna be going through California, but first they're making a stop uh, in Denver. Where do you where do you put where do you highlight in this road trip? What do you think is gonna happen? And what do the Winnipeg Jets need to do to have some success? on it i i just keep playing the way they're playing i know it's like massive fencing quote but yeah. um i don't feel like they can deviate away from anything now uh, you don't want to play with fire the way you did the other night with carolina and you know allow the first 12 shots of the game let your goaltender hold you in with, with colorado of course and you know that i said the other night they they bent but they didn't break and i asked brendan dylan about that today is like is it that you know do you feel comfortable you know, and that you survived that or whatever. And he, he wants, you know, clearly said that they want to impose their game plan, not, not allow, you know, Colorado to get into theirs. Of all the buildings in the NHL, I find, you know, Ball Arena one of the more terrifying places because of what the Avalanche do. Like, the Jets have not had a lot of success there, but the way in years past, but the way they're playing right now, I feel comfortable with where they're at right now, but more than I have in, in years past. So if that answers like that, that's a, if they keep defending the way they are right now and getting timely goals the way they have been, uh, I don't think you can go wrong uh, on this entire road trip. And I know it closes off in a game in LA against one of the best teams in the NHL and the return of Velarde and I follow, but um, a, a good way to start this whole off would be a big win with, with over the avalanche. You know, I said last week, I like the way they lose, which sounds yeah. ridiculous, but yeah. I, you no. know, the Dallas game, the way they came back in Nashville, I didn't like the way they lost to the Oilers because they couldn't win a faceoff and get the puck with five minutes to go. Um, so I didn't like that. But generally, to, to when they win, I like the way they play. And when they don't win, I like the way they play. What what do you think has been the key? Because this has plagued this team for, for some seasons. What has been the key in your mind, Jamie, to the consistency? I, I think they don't. They don't panic, and when when things aren't going well, and you know anybody that plays Carolina, like it's it's a blitzkrieg in your own end for a bit. Like there's there's stretches where you cannot control what's going on because they're so big, they're so fast, they come at you at waves. You're going to give up chances, but there was no panic in the Jets game, and like you know they they don't get they get, hadn't had a shot on goal for the longest stretch. They score in their second one, and then you just see. You know, okay, we stay we stay in structure. We don't deviate away from it. Good things happen, and I think that's what they've learned uh, this year. Like when things are not going to go well against good teams in the NHL, you just have to stay with it, and and they've done that. So I, I just so you going back to your point about losing and then not being upset afterwards. I just can't think of a game this year. Where you're like, oh man, they were never in it. They've been in every game this year, and they had two bad bounces against Edmonton. And yeah, GM, I totally agree with you. 
winning, getting killed in the face-off circle does not lead to success. And they were getting killed in the face-off circle against Carolina, too, but they found their way back. And that's the whole thing. They've been finding ways to win, and, and, and they don't look uncomfortable. They don't look like they're out of it at, at any stretch. So it just – I know the record was a little bit better last year, but you just feel – last year was like a surprise. Like, whoa, look at what Bones is getting out of this group. This year you're like, okay, this is what – this is what the coaching staff has been trying to drill into them mm-hmm. over the last year and a bit. And now the message is cl- clearly sunk in. And to me, they look like a far more confident group off the ice and on the ice than, than they did last year. Uh, Gabe Velarde has been back for three games. Uh, uh, where is, where have you seen his confidence uh, go from uh, that game in Edmonton to, to where it is today? Yeah, it's like, it seems that Kyle Connor said this today. It's just like how it seems like every you know, game, there's like a move. You go back to the setup on the power play goal, Mark Shifley, and then, you know, he's going through the legs of somebody. It feels like almost every other shift. So that confidence is coming back. His game speed is getting up, you know, the game conditioning is getting there. And now you're, and you see where he improves his group on the power play. Like there's finally somebody standing in front of the net on the power play in that first unit, right? He, and now he times it, obviously, and Rick Bonus has talked about his hockey IQ. He knows when to get to the front of the net to take away the goaltender's eyes. He knows when to move back down to the bumper position. He's just giving Josh Morrissey more options, right? You, you've got Cole Perfetti, Mark Scheifele on one side. You've got, you got Gabe Velarde on the other. It's just, and of course, Kyle Connor. But it just him coming in the way he does, playing the fourth line, and then adding to the second line. Like, the second line has been very dangerous. And you wondered about it uh, when, when, you know, Ehlers left it. But now that Gabe Velarde and Cole Perfetti are bouncing back and forth face-off-wise and, uh, on that second line, you, you like that one. And, of course, we're not going to go over the third line because we know what that is. Uh, so three strong. The depth of the hockey team is really showing through it now. And you see what they missed without – I know they were winning without them, but you definitely see now, especially on the power play and especially with the depth up front in terms of talent, uh, what they were missing when Gabe Velarde wasn't, wasn't in the lineup. Real quick, we only have 20 seconds here, but how did yeah. the Nito Niederreiter contract go over? Uh, huge. I, I, I can't. I know there was that pressure earlier in the year, and his agent was coming to town and stuff like that after he had had a good week on that road, that road trip, I believe St. Louis and Arizona. But I, I just think it's going like uh, through the city. I think you're great. I think the team really loves it because he's another guy that wants to be here. And I just love how Rick Bonus keeps pointing that out. He wants to be here. And that's all you want in your dressing room is people that want to be here. And it's clearly shown with the results on the ice this year. Jamie Thomas, Winnipeg Jets host of the Ground Control Podcast, uh, content extraordinaire. Barry Pepper fan. <laughs> Big Barry Pepper fan. Huge. I'm going to go watch that in my car. I'm going to watch it on my phone while I drive to work. You just mentioned the name. It gets a little verklempt. You know, you can't help it. Uh, uh, just Again, look. a single tear coming down my right eye. <laughs> Mr. Chipman's not listening. Just watch it at work. Don't drive yeah, and watch it. True, 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 true. I don't even. I don't know if they allow us to watch Netflix at work. But anyways, we'll go on. <laughs> Find out and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but do it on somebody I'll else's give, account. I'll give you the Wi-Fi code if that's the case. Do, yeah. it, do it on Barrett Paulson's account. And let us know. It's better to ask. It's better to ask for forgiveness than ask yeah. for permission, Jamie. What do you mean I can't watch Netflix at work? What are you talking about? Was that wrong? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Should I not have done that? Did you guys hear that Barrett Paulson? and Kyle Ballhari kept trying to access their Netflix account? No, I heard they were trying to access Jamie's. Oh, how dare they? See, this is how rumors start, and I'm all for it. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. One. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, guys. Yeah. Let, let's take a break. Let's uh, come back. Let's talk some blue line. What's going on with the Winnipeg Jets on the blue line? There's kind of a bit of a log jam, and then Hey Nola starting to – he's on track to return. 
Um, we're ways away yet, but what is that going to do? What's the blue line going to look like in maybe a month, a month and a half's time? What's going to happen there? Me and Jim, we'll, we'll discuss it when we come it, back. We'll go around the league. It's become the next, where's Gabe Velarde going to play? Yep. No, it's totally true. And uh, Barry versus Barry in Nashville. We'll talk about that when we come back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. This is uh, an interesting, uh, interesting story uh, coming out of Nashville. Actually, it was it was broke by a, a friend of the program um, on uh, te- uh, 100.2, uh, 100.5, the, the game in Nashville. Robbie Stanley's been on the show a couple times. He's the morning show host there. Um, and Trotz was on the show speaking about uh, Tyson Berry, Berry versus Berry. Uh, and speaking about because Barry's game, 32 years old, he's got 10 assists, hasn't scored yet, minus five, a lot of the key stats um, and analytics he's been lagging behind it. Now, um, he was a healthy scratch uh, over the last little bit here, and uh, Barry Trotz was on the radio saying, Tyson's game hasn't translated well as we have liked this year. He's having a tough time not being on the first unit power play, so the other night he was healthy scratch for the first time in his career. Different players react to it differently. I didn't like the way he reacted. Sportsnet's Elliot Freeman reporting that Pear, uh, Barry looking for a trade. He's becoming an unrestricted free agent this year. He's 32, not in the first unit power play, healthy scratched. Obviously um, doesn't like the situation and doesn't like uh, what's going to happen next year in terms of a contract. What do you? How do you feel about this, Jim? Uh, I don't know. I mean, seek a trade if you want. I, it doesn't bold well if his reaction wasn't taken well. Yes. Um, Tyson Berry's bizarre, right? Because he lit the world on fire as an offensive defenseman in Colorado. Didn't really pan out in Toronto, so then he went to Edmonton. Those are some highly offensive teams that he was given number one power play time with. Yeah. And they decided to move on. Now, Ekholm is a different guy, and they could move on because they had Bouchard in Edmonton. But a veteran like this, at this stage of his career, I, I don't say you have to like it. And I'm not saying you can't ask for a trade, but if Barry Trotz thinks you didn't handle it well, that tells me that something was made vocalized or reaction wasn't good for the team or the room. So what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets blue line? We'll talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Yeah, Colorado, fantastic team. They always seem to play, obviously, very well in their building. Um, it's going to be a great test for us going in there. Um, you know, we've had some success last year there. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, it's going to be make sure that we control what we can control and worry about ourselves. Obviously, they have some unique players, McKinnon, Randon, uh, McCarthy's playing, obviously guys like that that, um, you know, obviously like to hold on to pucks and make plays and circle the wagon in the offensive zone. So we got to just make sure that um, – you know, we have our details right, our structure right, and everybody knows what to do when they're out there against them. We don't have last change, so there's going to be different guys out there at different moments um, against them. And, um, you know, I think guys are, uh, you know, always excited to get on the road and, and uh, you know, have a meal together and hang out. So I, I think guys are really looking forward to this road trip. That's Dylan DeMello, Winnipeg Jets defenseman, speaking there about the game coming up tomorrow, 6 o'clock pregame show. Puck drop at 8 from Colorado. First match of the season between uh, the number one team in the Central Division as of right now, Colorado, and the number three team, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Dylan DeMello, obviously uh, a big central part of the blue line. you got Josh Morrissey, who he's going to be very likely paired up with uh, when the puck drops tomorrow. you got Brendan Dillon. you got Neil Pionk. you got Dylan Sandberg. That's when things start to get a little bit. How are things gonna gonna fall? Are the Winnipeg Jets gonna go back to an eleven seven situation where they dress seven defensemen? 
Um, are they going to, you know, Axel Janssen Fialbi, is he going to find his way into the lineup as well? I mean, these are all questions that are going to be answered here. Um, but with Logan Stanley, with Declan Chisholm, with Nate Schmidt, and uh, Ville Hainala still a ways away, but starting to enter that skating, you know, starting to improve, you know, going on road trips, skating with the team, as he gets closer to that, uh, following his ankle surgery in, in the beginning of, of October, where does that put the blue line here, Jim, in, in, in your mind? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... I'm fascinated by this because I know it's yeah, only it is been fascinating. It's it is o- fascinating. It is. It's yeah. only been two games for Declan Chisholm, but I like him, and I've you know that I've been saying that prior to his NHL debut that I like this guy as a defenseman. Um, I thought he did well again against Carolina. Uh, he fights for pucks. He knows the plays. He's he's very smart out there. He's experienced, right? Like he's yeah. he's for a guy that I mean he's been around in the American Hockey League for a while, so I think he's ready too. Um, now Colorado and LA are different kind yeah. of beasts. So, but I, I don't know, and I don't know that this doesn't spell, you know, something for Nate Schmidt. And I think I, I'm not in the room. I don't know. I haven't talked to Nate yeah. Schmidt at all. But when I've heard him speak, he seems to be like towing the veteran line and getting it. It's not upsetting him, and mm-hmm. sort of understanding where he is. But I also wonder if you don't go to him and go, Nate, we would like to, you know, get you somewhere playing because you're just not going to play a lot yeah. here. Um, as this goes forward with Vili Hainola coming back, let's just say this. Say Vili Hainola looks ready. And he we expected him at the start of the team. It's gonna take and I don't look, it's still on two to three months. So let's fast forward, say January fifth, Vili Hainola skating with the team again. He's gonna play on the fifteenth. Come the middle of February, you could possibly have Declan Chisholm, Vili Hainola, Nate Schmidt all circling around that final spot and all ready to play. You're not going to take out Dylan Sandberg, Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk, Dylan DeMello, or Josh Morrissey. You just aren't. Yeah, no. Um, and so I look at the depth of this, and I, I wonder if there's something not out there. Logan Stanley's in the same boat, right? And for everybody who's wondering why Rick Bonus went with seven D-men again the other night, it's the same reason as why Scott Arneal did it when Rick Bonus was away. Yeah. You can't have a guy sitting there forever. Yeah. And I know what people are going to say. Well, so-and-so was in the press box for four weeks. You can't do that. You no. can't You can't have an injury and expect a guy to be sitting in the press box for six weeks and just expect him to come in and play. You've got to get a guy a game every two to three weeks. Yeah. And so that's why they go 11 and 7. And, and um, I don't, also, I don't disagree yeah. with it. I don't, you know, how much playing time you're going to get, whatever. People who go, there's seven defensemen and two guys got six minutes. That six minutes is valuable. Yeah. It's better, more valuable than having them not dress and not play. But when Villahenola is healthy and ready to go, this, this is interesting. And I don't, I wonder if now it's 5.9 million on Nate too, but you know, I don't, I do know that Nate likes it here and he loves the jets and and he likes playing here. But I also wonder at this stage of his career if, if they could find him a place where he could play every day. And let's be honest, in the NHL, yeah. there's teams that could use him as a fifth, sixth defenseman minimum that they wouldn't look at that. The flip side of that, though, Cam, is, and what I worry about, is that all of a sudden, um, say this team makes the playoffs and you don't have Nate Schmidt hanging around. This is This is the thing, and this is why... Uh, and this is where my mindset is here on the blue line right now. None of these decisions are going to be made during the course of this season. Like, do you, do it's you want to go, go into, into the playoffs, playoffs with Chisholm, Hainola, and Logan Stanley as if somebody gets hurt as your option? 100%. 
You would go in like I, that? I, I, I would go in. Now, I think one of those might be a trade piece. I kind of think I'd like Nate Schmidt around for the playoffs. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, that's yeah. what I'm oh, saying. Okay. I, I, thought- I'm, I, I think you, you try and keep everybody. Now, if they are going to acquire something at the deadline, it's very likely that one of those uh, defensemen would be a part of some sort of package, yeah. right? But I think that if you look at those if those four guys, Stanley, Chisholm, Hainola, Schmidt, you got to keep three of them. And you, you might even try and go out and get another depth defenseman just in case, a guy with some NHL experience that can come up and join the team during well, the playoffs. the problem with Stanley, Chisholm, and Hainola, again, one of them will will have the position. Yeah. I just come playoff time, I don't want one of them to go down and I bring in the other two, quote-unquote, inexperienced playoff players. It, I'd rather bring in an H. Schmidt. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. But, but there could be something there, you're right, yeah. where it's come deadline time, it's Nate Schmidt, and a real young defenseman like Logan Stanley at a million dollars. Yeah. So, but who's going to take on seven million dollars in defenseman? Not a not a uh, not a team that's looking to maybe go San after Jose. It. And yeah. you in return take on a 30, 32 year old D man who you want that experience back with the young players. Yeah. Dom text the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. You never have enough D men, especially with injuries and during the playoffs. Well, and we know that that's a mindset that the Winnipeg Jets have. I tend to agree with them. In yeah. a situation like that, you lose two two defensemen go down. That's not, I mean, it's not something that happens every single day, but it's not something that happens. It's not an uncommon occurrence. Come playoff look time, at, look people at the, are going to come call it. Look at the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they got Kale McCarr's down, and all of a sudden, Bowen Byram goes down yesterday. I don't know what the condition is of him, but he left the game with an upper body injury yesterday um, against the Ducks and didn't return. All of a sudden, you have Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram not playing. Things are a lot different. That could happen to a team in the middle of the postseason. So Dom's then what do right. you do? Yeah. So Dom's right. You never have enough. I, I totally agree with you, Dom. But the mix of it is, has to be right. It can't be be two extra guys that have less than 20 games NHL experience. Yeah. It it has to be somebody like an H Schmidt or somebody with yeah. at least. So I wonder if there's something out there where you, you know, you, you, you things, things to me are fitting under the cap right now. There are teams that would want Logan Stanley. And I do believe that. And I think that there are teams that have been interested in Logan Stanley. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that they want to pay the price for Logan Stanley. Yeah, and I still think the Winnipeg Jets hold him in pretty high esteem, and I think that they would yeah. still have a quite, they I mean. ask quite a bit for I him. I don't think it's a first round pick. Don't get me wrong, because he was a first round pick. Yeah, but I think as a six foot seven, twenty four year old defenseman with a hundred games experience, there are teams that you know would go, hey, for a million bucks, and when I got to re up them, it's going to maybe cost me a mill and a half, two million over two to three years. I would like this guy, but not at a second or third round pick level. Mm-hmm. And you look at this. Okay, so the situation right now, the Winnipeg Jets, they have de- of deadline cap space. Oh, I'm going to get into cap talk here, but this is according to CapFriendly, the uh, .com. The cap- deadline cap space is the total sum of cap hit values that the current cap- daily cap hit can be increased by on a deadline day to remain compliant below the cap ceiling at the season's end. Okay, so that just confused everybody, uh, but I just wanted to have that if you're wondering what the deadline cap space is. It's the available cap space on deadline day, essentially. Curtis, uh, Curtis texts us and says you don't need more defensemen to go out in six games. Curtis, this team will be deep in playoffs. Yeah. If you watch the way they play, and as we talked with Jamie Thomas, how they lose, I don't think you're going to see a game five in Vegas again. No, I don't think they so. They might either. not get out of the first round. I'm not saying it's a bona fide, surefire thing. It's going to be I, tough. But I am telling you that the way this team plays right now, 
and has been since the start of the year. They are not going into a playoff game and getting a game five where it's handed to them and they pull a no-show again. If they maintain where they are right now and they stay in the top three in the Central, which is very realistic, I think, given where they are and how they've been playing, Dallas or Colorado is going to be a real tough first-round match. It is. But do the Jets have the ability to win it? Absolutely, they do. Um, with the deadline cap space, it's just over $7 million bucks. I, I look at Nate Schmidt, and yeah, okay, we can talk about his about his five point nine five and all that sort of thing. I don't think it. I don't think it hampers what the Jets would look to acquire at the deadline. Do you know what I'm saying when I when I when I say yeah. that? I, I don't think it would it would necessarily affect it. I still think that the Jets could add, um, and I still think they could keep a guy like Nate Schmidt for that playoff push, which I think they might. There there might come a time, Jim. Maybe it'll come sooner than later that the Winnipeg Jets are going to need Nate Schmidt. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's a real dangerous move if, you, if you're if you thinking of moving one for it to be Nate Schmidt without some other kind of veteran in the fold. And maybe that's the deal, right? Like maybe yeah. you're sending Nate Schmidt and a fourth-round pick to a team that's sending you a veteran um, $3 million defenseman back. Yeah. I don't know, but um, – I just don't see Nate, especially in Ville Hainola, coming back playing a lot. Yeah, it's but, just a reality. Of and it. and maybe he's okay with that. I I I don't know. And maybe he'd say I'm okay with it. But if there is a chance for me to go somewhere and play, I would like to play. I I like I don't know any of this. You got to talk to him, right? Yeah. The, uh, this texture um, says uh, Nate's gone. If you need his cap room for a deadline pickup. I think that remains to be seen. I think I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to want to have a veteran defenseman. Cap, I really do. Cap I really space do. is going to cost you. Yeah, and I it mean, is. when you say Nate's gone, Nate's gone with a second round pick to get cap space. Yeah, it's yep. going to cost You're you. Right. You're right or about that. or another or another prospect. And the Jets made sure to get another second round pick back in the deal with Pierre Luc Dubois. That was a big but part I, of it. I, I don't think they're going to make a deal just to get the equivalent of Nate Schmidt back at three million dollars less a year because yeah. that's going to cost you. You might as well just keep Nate. This this texture says, let's see how this team looks after the All-Star break before we start making playoff assumptions. Oh, okay. Might be getting a little bit ahead of myself. But, okay, well uh, then what, what would we talk about right now? <laughs> we don't know if they're making the playoffs, so how should we address the Well, decor? of course. Of course we don't. So if, they're, if we're not looking to the future of them making the playoffs and what to do with the blue line, then the blue line's fine. It's and a, they can just a, this, rotate them all in. This is an irrelevant conversation. Just rotate them all in. If we're not looking towards the playoffs. If they're not making the playoffs, you don't have to make any deals and just rotate the demon. You know, we should actually, they should actually be moving out. They start selling. Maybe that's a, don't do that until we know they're making them, <laughs> not making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about Texter. We appreciate. it. I'm just having yeah, fun with you here. You, but. but I and I'm not trying to put the the cart in front of the horse. This team and I look. I'm yeah. I'm at the forefront of this. Has been a great start to the season. Yeah. This has been the number second question I had going into training camp. Was this this style sustainable to equal with a deeper lineup to equal more wins and losses yeah. than when they had a loaded top six and were trying to score off the rush? I believe it's more sustainable. But I think we all remember what happened last January. And then January turned into February, and then February. Turned, so I get that. I understand. That. I'm not trying to put the cart. Yeah, but I, but the way they play this year compared to last year, I think it's a much more sustainable, um, successful system brand of hockey. I'm with you on that. And the texture says last year it went to bleep after the All Star break, and the team uh, kind of felt wow. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened last year. But so. see that that's why I said, and we we're using it as a promo. Yeah. This team continues to win games against the grain of what they've done the past four or five years. Yes, they're pulling out victories when they don't play well. 
That hasn't usually happened. They're getting victories by coming back and 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 not being you know hemmed in their own end. Mm-hmm. They're having pushback in the third period. The third period, quite often this year, has been their best. Uh, when when have we been able to say that? that it's pushback, Jim, because the, even if they get down in a game, you're not seeing the team go back into bad habits this year. Yes. You're, you're seeing them consistently play the way that they need to to keep winning the game. As I've said on the program many a times, from Claude Noel to, to different coaches yeah. over the years, good teams play the same way, whether they're up 3-1 or down 3-1. Yep. And this team, um, other than two periods against the LA Kings at home – play the same way, whether they're up 3-1 or down 3-1. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We're going to go around the league a little bit. Uh, the Senators uh, adding a senior advisor to their coaching staff. We can discuss that. The Wild also uh, stringing some wins together with a new coach. Uh, and the Canucks, uh, great start to the year. I'm certainly not writing them off, but they've been in a little bit of a slide. We'll talk about that as well. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Final segment. We got about four minutes here, Jim. Uh, go around the league a little bit. Uh, Devils and Canucks. Devils score. Uh, Jesper Bratt, 33 seconds left in the third period. Devils defeating the Canucks in a battle of the Hughes brothers. Uh, Jack Hughes Which and brothers? Luke Hughes oh, beating Quinn Hughes. Um, Canucks four for six over the last 10, five on five play still pretty stellar. I, I, I just think teams go through stretches like this. I think the Canucks are still pretty good. Yeah. I still like the Canucks and what they do. I'm not concerned yeah. about this. I know a lot of people look at their season last year, but, um, I mean, five, four to New Jersey is still pretty good. They, they can score. Yeah. Like they are top heavy. That top six in Vancouver. I really like JT Miller. You know, how I feel about JT Miller. He leads nails. Like for breakfast. you, oh, you build the fence. He's not using the gate. <laughs> no. He's coming through it. Uh, Matt Boldy scored twice and had an <laughs> assist. He, Kirill Kaprasov. He's banging his stick on the goalie, the good net here, because his goalie hadn't left yet or a guy wouldn't come on. He's a freaking nut. I, I heard a, a pod, maybe it was the Sportsnet guys in Vancouver had him on, and he, they they said, I feel like you should have been a player in the 80s. He goes, yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm old school. <laughs> I love playing in the 80s. People too soft these days. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Matt Boldy scoring twice. The Wild beating the Flames. Now they're 4-0 and under John Hines. Uh, wow. Five-on-five five play. I'm telling you, Jim, it has skyrocketed over the last four games. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And he's getting goaltending, which why couldn't he get that four games ago? I don't know. What do you think? Is Dean Evason or what? Is, I don't I, think uh, Dean Evason would affect the goaltending no, one way or the other. No. But, the, but the play in front of them, he could. And I don't know if he's come in and... and they played so well the last year five with is, him, though. Like now I, it, yeah, is it sustainable? Yeah. But last year, they were a tough team to play against. Well, I, I you know, Dean Evason, I don't think things changed that much. I don't know what could have happened there, but maybe there's some things that we don't know. Uh, but um, Evanson also, as much as I like him as a coach, is one of those coaches that will wear on you. I can imagine. Uh, Remember when he told Bonus to come on down? <laughs> That was great. First the stare, yeah. Then the shrug, and he's like, "Does come the over? Does the wave? Yeah." And Rick was like, "Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I will." Yeah, back to back matches coming up at the end of the month. You know, uh, I, the I hate to say to this that. to the Jets fans. Dean would have won that fight, but I will say this: he would have known he was in a fight. <laughs> Bonus would have got a few in. Uh, Flames are in a real dog fight. They're going to be in a dog fight the rest of the year, I think. Um, their Flames are just. Out. I don't know what to do with them. There's no way you should lose on home ice to Minnesota. No, no. They're um they're in a situation right now. They're a couple points out of a playoff spot. Uh, but Tyson Rewicki, one of our producers, said, "How about the example. Wild? They locked up all their free agents, 
going in, like right as the start of the season. At the end of training camp, they locked up like all their free agents, mm-hmm. and now they can't trade anybody when they're trying to rebuild. Senators uh, beat the Rangers 6-2. Uh, Jacques Martin named a senior advisor to the coaching staff. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that a... DJ, this is your Do you want to coach lap. our team? No. This is your Do you want to come chance. in and evaluate it for us? Yes. If you evaluate it, we make changes, we coach it then? Maybe. What do you think about? I don't. I think he's too old to get behind the bench, or, or so? I don't know if he's too old, but I think he's at that stage. You don't of his think career this where is? I think he's coming in to evaluate heavily, but DJ Smith is not long for that job. No, I don't think so. You know what? The thing is, here's and now the Senators have played only twenty games, well behind a lot of other teams in the league right now. But they're ten and ten. They should be higher than that. They got to be better than at five hundred. Ottawa is my biggest disappointment this year. Yeah, I think Ottawa should be better than they are. Jim Toth will take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Thanks very much, Jeff Forge, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See you. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.